0: so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Well hello again everybody. Now, time we're going to jump into God's Word. Now, as I said, these messages are going to be brief. So there's not a, this is not the moment to go and uh, grab a cup of coffee. You, I'm only going to have 10 minutes here uh, to really dive into God's Word together. So I really encourage you to focus in, lean in, uh, and I'm going to pray now that God will, though this time is short, give us a rich harvest from His Word. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, the way it equips and builds our faith. And as we engage around it now, I pray that you would uh, bring forth a rich harvest in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, So throughout January, uh, we're going to track with the same thought, the same idea throughout a series of messages in January. And I'm calling that contending for your faith. And so when we think about contending for your faith, when when you hear those words, you might think of something that's a bit like, I don't know, the idea of a placard Christianity. I'm sure we've all seen them uh, on the news or or perhaps we've been there where where our faith is about waving placards. Now, the issue with placard Christianity, the issue I think is with it, is is it's always about what we're against. And it's always about other people, what they should or shouldn't do. And so when I'm talking about contending for our faith throughout January, that's not what I have in mind. I, I, I'm not talking about a placard Christianity. I, I'm not talking about a Christianity that's focused on what others should and shouldn't do. What I have in mind, the, the type of contending I want to encourage our church family to be doing for our faith, is a contending for the faith of our own lives. It's, it's an inward contending. It's taking responsibility for our own faith, for our own relationship with Jesus, for for our own sharing of that faith, for the way that we live that out in the community, amongst our friends and family. A real contending for our faith happens inwardly, not outwardly. And so in this first week, in week one, I want to talk about the difference between bravado and intimacy in our faith. So often when we think about, you know, contending for our faith or stepping up in our faith or getting real about our faith, we we think about things that really represent bravado. What does bravado look like? What do I mean by that? I mean like the the kind of things we sometimes say, that's it. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to read the whole Bible in a week. I'm going to... Campaign for this or for that law. I'm going to pray five hours a day. I'm I'm going to do this and that. That's the kind of bravado I'm talking about. That that here's the call to get real about our faith. To contend for our faith even. But it's all about what we're going to do in a bravado sense. That's what we kind of go to when, when we think about fighting for our faith. In In the story of the Gospels... Uh, Peter gives us this really great example of of how well bravado goes for us. Uh, Peter was a a disciple of bravado. He he was one of Jesus' closest followers, but but he was all about bravado. Uh, We see him in the Garden of Gethsemane cutting off people's ears. He wanted to fight. But before that moment, in in this last intimate moment that Jesus shares with his followers uh, in John 13... Jesus has talked about uh, his betrayal and, 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 John, and Peter's kind of saying, well, that's not going to be me. And so we pick up the story in John thirteen thirty six 36 and th- to 38 and, and Simon Peter is asking Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Because he's been talking about going away. And Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. And so Peter asks, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And so the gospel accounts painfully record that that's what happened. That despite all of Peter's bravado, ultimately he rejected Jesus three times when given opportunity to identify himself as a follower of Jesus. Later in John's Gospel, we see this moment where it's, it's after Jesus' resurrection, and, uh, but Peter's still lost. He's, he's, he's not really, it's before he's restored by Jesus. And we see this moment where he just simply says, oh, I'm going fishing. It's the first time he's gone back to his old trade, to his old life since he, he, he gave the boats away and followed Jesus. And so often that's what happens when our faith, when we are fighting for our faith is about bravado. We fall short because we're human and we always fall short. And then we think it's all over and we just go back to what it was before. We go back to fishing. And so like Peter, if our our efforts are about bravado, if contending for our faith is simply about bravado, ultimately we fall short. We don't read the Bible in a month, in a week, in a year. We don't read the Bible every day. We don't pray for 5 hours. We we fall short cuz like Peter, we're human. But like Peter, if our faith is based in bravado, when we fall short, we think we've completely failed. We go back fishing. And fishing for us can mean a lot of things. For Peter, it meant literally fishing. For, for you, going back, fishing might mean just, just you're going to stop going to church whatsoever. You're going to stop connecting with the community of followers of Jesus. You're going to go back and you're going to get back on the booze. You're going to go back to those old things of comfort. Uh, fishing basically means giving up on your faith. That, that's where bravado can lead us. But I want, to, I want to suggest a different way, a different way to contend for our faith. And that's, in a sense, the opposite of bravado. And that way is intimacy. See, there's only one of Jesus' male followers, his mother and some of the female followers were at the cross because women are simply tough. Uh, but only one of Jesus' 12 disciples, only one of his, his, his male followers Actually was at the cross everyone else scattered. It wasn't just Peter. It wasn't just Judas. They all lived and so in John chapter 19 uh, We read this account of the only disciple of Jesus at the cross and We read this account of Jesus looking down on, on, on John and his mother and it says when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved which that's how John refers to himself in his gospel whom he loved standing nearby he said to her woman here is your son and to the disciple he said here is your mother from that time on this disciple took her into her home which this is a profound moment but what I want to capture is that John displayed a resilience a perseverance an endurance in his faith that that Peter's bravado didn't and so the question for me is where was John at, at that last meal where Peter's displaying all of his bravado and we can see, because John tells us in John chapter 13, verse 23, it says, one of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, he's saying, that's, that's me, was reclining next to him. Now, that's pretty soft language to translate the, the actual words here. We could translate that original Greek text as John was reclining at the breast of Jesus. Basically, John was in the position of man-hug with Jesus. He was in the most intimate possible place he could be. And so what I want us to grasp this morning is this. That it's intimacy with Jesus, not bravado, that determines how resilient, how, how perseverant, how endurance, endurance our faith would be. Intimacy with Jesus, not bravado, determines resilience, perseverance, endurance in your faith. And so if we're going to contend for our faith... The thing that we want to contend for above all else is intimacy with Jesus. Now, intimacy like it was for John is a product of of how loved we feel by Jesus, how how connected and loved we feel in relationship with Jesus. That's why John describes himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. But intimacy is also something that's cultivated. It's a relationship and, and the Bible gives us a picture of marriage as an example of what our relationship with Jesus looks like. Not that we should all aspire to be married, but that 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 most intimate human relationship is is a bit of a shadow of what our relationship with Jesus is called to look like. (coughs) And so we can gain an idea of what cultivating an intimate relationship with Jesus looks like by kind of looking at the things that cultivate an intimate relationship in marriage. And in fact, that, that most intimate expression of a marital relationship is actually the product of cultivated intimacy, not the thing that creates intimacy itself. Um, you may have seen or heard of the book Five Love Languages, and it's about how we, how we show love and receive love for one another. But, but in a relationship, it's kind of about how, how you cultivate intimacy with a spouse. And so it talks about, you know, some of us are, are more oriented towards words of affirmation. Uh, some of us are more oriented towards physical touch or acts of service or gifts or quality time. And so they're kind of different ways, different avenues. And there's other stuff, but, but they're kind of five core ways that we cultivate intimacy in a, in a marriage. And so the thought I, w- I want to share with you this morning as we draw to a close is, is what does cultivating intimacy with Jesus look like for you? If we think about, you know, the five love languages as a bit of a, a guide to cultivating intimacy, what what does, you know, words of affirmation look like when it comes to Jesus? That might look like worship. Speaking out words of praise. What what does <clears throat> physical touch look like? That That might look like spending time focused on dwelling in his presence. What does acts of service look like? Well, The Bible talks a lot about serving Jesus and serving others on his behalf. What does gifts look like? Well, well, the Bible calls us to give. What does um, quality time look like? Well, it could just mean actually taking the time to spend cultivating intimacy with Jesus. And so here's the big question I want to leave you with. As we wrap up today, as we wrap up our first Church Hub Sunday. How are you going to cultivate intimacy with Jesus this year? For some of us, we'll jump straight to the bravado. And to be honest, the action might be the same thing, but the heart is so different. And so as we wrap up this morning, I want to leave you with that question one more time, and then I'm going to pray and we're going to close and you're going to have time to connect with your church hub or with those in your lounge room, uh, Around this question How are you Going to cultivate How are you going to step towards cultivating Intimacy with Jesus This year Heavenly Father as we ponder that question I pray That you would help to guide us away From bravado And towards making Steps that cultivate Intimacy with Jesus That we might contend for our faith In that place And through that place of intimacy, we might grow in perseverance, in resilience, and in endurance. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at YCBC.Church. See you soon.